The Anchored City Podcast is recorded in Anchorage, Alaska, on the traditional lands of the Denina Athabascan people. I have heard the oldest stories that the wisest man never told. And I cast aside my worries And just went digging for gold And I will scale the highest mountains Looking for the bluest blue Welcome to the Anchorage City Podcast, where we are connecting with Anchorage's soul through her histories, stories, and people. I'm your host, Joel Kiekenfeld. In our last episode, we explored the history of healthcare in Anchorage. In this episode, we will look at accessing healthcare. An opinion piece by Bethany Markham that ran in the Anchorage Daily News in July 2020 referenced a recent report by the Alaska Policy Forum. It noted Alaska's annual per capita healthcare expenditures were more than $11,000, higher than any other state. But what happens if you need healthcare and you can't afford it? Where do you turn? In this episode, we will talk with Melinda Friedman, the executive director of Anchorage Project Access, about how that organization is helping those in need access healthcare in Anchorage. Regular listeners will note that this episode has a different format than many of our episodes. It takes the form of a single interview rather than a composite of a number of different voices. Now on to my conversation with Melinda Friedman. Great. Thank you so much, Joel. My name is Melinda Freeman, and I'm the executive director of Anchorage Project Access. And I have about almost approaching four decades of experience working with vulnerable populations in Alaska, and is something I'm very passionate about. I've worked in um, special needs housing for folks who are vulnerable. I've helped create programs that enhanced housing opportunities, permanent supportive housing for chronic homeless alcoholics. I've worked with women in transition. Uh, I've worked with extensively with people who struggle with addiction, homelessness, poverty, and I have been at Anchorage Project Access for the last two and a half years. That followed a position where I was the director of the Anchorage Health Department for over four years before I came to Anchorage Project Access. So this um, program and our, our services fit in with my passion, my, my faith passion, my um, commitment to helping other people who are struggling. And Anchorage Project Access is such a wonderful, inspiring organization. It is a, one, of the, um, one of the programs under Christian Health Associates. They have numerous programs helping with people who are vulnerable and have limited access to care. And so Anchorage Project Access is one of those programs. Great, so what makes Anchorage Project Access maybe different than other healthcare programs that people might be familiar with? Anchorage Project Access is the only program of its kind in Alaska. It is very unique because we do not provide direct healthcare services. We are the conduit to help people get access to healthcare. So we were started, uh, we, the, 
the goal of creating a program like Anchorage Project Access was started in the late 1990s here in Anchorage. And the group that was starting to be very concerned about people's limited access to healthcare was the Anchorage Access to Healthcare Coalition. And that was a group of very committed stakeholders in this effort. They were hospital executives, nonprofit foundations, uh, banking executives, people in the finance industry, and of course, healthcare providers that were very concerned about people typically accessing hospital emergency rooms for care that would be best provided on a primary care clinic level. But when you don't have resources, you don't access care, so you don't, you don't obtain preventive care, that, which then often can lead you to needing emergency care. And then you, that's a very expensive proposition and it's not the ideal way to help people access healthcare through an emergency department. So that, those were some of the, the goals when Anchorage Project Access was started was let's reduce the overutilization of emergency departments for healthcare issues that could be best served in a primary care clinic but let's not just stop there. Let's address farther upstream what is going on for people that need to access emergency departments instead of having access to health insurance, access to primary care. And so Anchorage Project Access was started to address all of those elements. And that's what our services do. Our mission is to increase access to health care for low-income uninsured individuals through a network of coordinated volunteer providers who are very committed and compassionate about it. So those are some of the elements that make us very unique in that we are the conduit for the healthcare. We don't actually provide the healthcare. We create access to it um, based on uh, over 680 volunteer specialty providers that provide the care. So if I understand the, the history correctly that you were talking about, there were people that were concerned in the, the late 90s about sort of people accessing the emergency room as their primary health care provider. And that you guys are trying to work a little bit upstream from that to, to keep that from being the, the, the norm for folks that are sort of in vulnerable positions. Yes, we are. We were created as the healthcare safety net and ensuring that people have access to healthcare, but also addressing the elements that lead to people using the ER as their primary healthcare source. It's not an efficient way of accessing healthcare. It's not a comprehensive way of accessing healthcare. We're very fortunate to have those services in Anchorage, but they are not the primary method of providing the most comprehensive care for people and addressing some of those other social determinants of health which are poverty and um, food insecurity, housing, the need for housing assistance, financial counseling, and, and elements like that, that lead to people using the ER for primary care. So you said you're sort of the conduit. You guys are actually providing the care as project access, but helping people access that care. So. Um, what does it look like? Like, what do, what do the local healthcare providers look like? How do they donate their time, their skills, their access? Um, and how, do, how is that a benefit for the providers themselves? Well, the, the method for engaging our wonderful providers is 
we established early on a structure for providing the health care to individuals who are in need. And the reason that many providers donate their care is because they're very passionate about helping people. That's why they became physicians in the first place and then why they extended their education to become specialists. So we have over 39 specialties offered through um, Anchorage Project Access and the individual board members and founding members of Anchorage Project, Project Access, they are the recruiters of the other physicians. So you have physicians recruiting physicians, you have dentists recruiting dentists. So we have these this wide range of specialty services provided and every service provider that wants to donate, they sign up to donate, they enroll their, their practice in the service. And then our job is to make it work smoothly. And the reason that many providers donate through Anchorage Project Access is because they don't have to worry about all of the, the eligibility screening or the patient care coordination or ensuring that the people that they're donating to will actually establish and have access to primary care. So if I'm a donating, if I'm a donating general surgeon per se, I know that Anchorage Project Access has evaluated that patient's finances and their medical need, and we've ensured that that individual patient will has become a patient of either Anchorage Neighborhood Health Center or Providence Family Medicine Center or other federally qualified health centers so that they can manage the healthcare issues that may have led to the, the need for surgery. And so it, the, our program is very inspiring and it, and it really speaks to the reason that people became doctors in the first place. This is what our doctors tell us, that it allows them to give back to a community that has supported them to become the physicians that they are today. And so it's, it's a very inspiring. And we take all the back office work away from them so that they don't have to worry about any of that. They just have to provide their life-changing, life-saving um, medical procedure or their dental procedure. So I guess the question I would have is how many people have accessed your program? How many people have sort of has this helped who've been in need of health care? Okay, so we are celebrating our 15th year this year in 2020. It is amazing that for 15 years, we've been able to um, encourage patients to join us to receive improved health care through APA and then all of these physicians. So over the course of those 15 years, we've helped over 8,800 people receive the services. That includes people that have either one enrollment into our services, or maybe they've had three or four. So that, that's a total of over 8,000 people that have received care through us. We've scheduled over 18,800 patient appointments. One of the ways that we're different is we do care coordination. So if someone needs the donated surgery, we will actually take the referral and review it from the primary care clinic then we will connect with the patient, we'll do all the eligibility screening, and then we'll establish and coordinate the patient appointments, transportation, interpreter services. We have a medication assistance program. So we've helped over 18, we've helped um, coordinate over 18,000 appointments, 
we have over 680 providers that over the course of those 15 years has donated care. And we have, we have, we track and record all of the amount, the, the monetary amount of donated care. And we have that donated by a health insurance company. And so to date we have received and coordinated over 50 $0.7 million worth of donated care through Anchorage Project Access. It's very, very inspiring and very moving that we've been able to help people. Yeah, that's a huge number when you put it in in monetary level. You start talking about $50 million. That's a huge amount um, of health care. So you've spoken a little bit about how people were using the healthcare system um, in, in the way of just accessing emergency care when they didn't have other access to to um, to medical care. So what are some of the barriers that people face in accessing healthcare in Anchorage? Well, there are numerous barriers to accessing healthcare in our community or statewide, although some of those have been uh, somewhat alleviated by both the uh, Affordable Care Act in 2014 and then the Medicaid expansion in 2015 in Alaska. So our board members and staff thought, well, gosh, maybe we can work ourselves out of business. Maybe everyone will have access to the care they need, which would be the overall goal for all of us in the healthcare field. But that's not the case. There are still thousands of Alaskans who do not have access to healthcare. And so some of the barriers are understanding how to access healthcare and how to advocate for oneself in healthcare systems. I know for many of us that actually have health insurance, it can be baffling from understanding co-pays, out-of-pocket expenses, in-network providers, um, explanation of benefits, and you name it. It's very complex, even with highly educated folks with financial resources. So if a person is perhaps new to Alaska, doesn't speak English, doesn't read English, and is very afraid of systems or has literally never received healthcare from what you and I would call a healthcare system in any way, it makes one very vulnerable and very hesitant to ask for help. And so Anchorage Project Access has been able to address some of those barriers. Some of the barriers, again, are poverty. And when folks are working two jobs just to feed their family, they often don't have the resources financially or otherwise to access healthcare in addition to dental care. So in, it took us about 10 years to start our dental donated dental program, which began in 2016. So it's a combination of many of those elements that lead to individuals not having access to healthcare, not having access to health insurance and not understanding how to use it. We work with folks, some, some of whom have actually have Medicaid, but they don't they don't know what the limits are and they don't know how to use it. So we help people navigate complex systems of care. You can't just take a person and provide them with a donated uh, knee replacement. It's our responsibility at APA to help them understand these are all of your options. And this is what we would support you doing um, with your healthcare needs at this time. So our partnerships are the are the lifeblood of what we do. Without the partnerships in, in Alaska and in Anchorage, we wouldn't be able to provide this donated care. 
it's really um, encouraging to hear how comprehensive um, the work is that you're doing of helping people in lots of different ways, accessing systems, getting them kind of the care that they maybe wouldn't be able to, to find other ways. It's really inspiring to hear that like doctors stepping in and saying like, um, this is actually why I got into healthcare in the first place. Um, and I love that human face of it. Um, is there a patient you could tell us about? Obviously confidentiality, you can't like tell us their name and that type of thing, but what is, what is a patient experience been like moving through your program? Well, thank you for asking. I can share their names for folks that ha are um, in, on some of our APA films and, and um, things like that. So I, I'll love to tell you uh, about two patients. Let's start with telling you about Alexander. Alexander is a young man, probably around 28 years of age, and he is a construction worker in Alaska, actually in Anchorage. He is just a go-to guy. He's very energetic. He's very committed to meeting his financial responsibilities. And the, the avenue for him getting to eight Anchorage Project Access was that he had to pass a physical, a, um, a medical physical for his job to be able to lift and do something, you know, do the activities that are related to construction work, which is very hard work. He was unable to pass that uh, construction physical because he had um, several hernias. He had been in pain for several years before he even went to get the physical. So he was extremely worried because he couldn't pass the physical, which means he couldn't, this young man couldn't work. And he's very committed to his construction work. And so he went, he um, accessed care through Anchorage Neighborhood Health, who then referred him to Anchorage Project Access for the potential of being screened for surgery to repair the hernias. And so he was able to learn about APA. He came over to our office and filled out all of the paperwork and was extremely grateful for the surgery that changed his life. He has been working now for years following the surgery before he had the surgery, he had to save up for several months of living expenses because once you have surgery like that, you're unable to work for several months until you can then clear the physical exam to return back to um, the physical work and the demands of construction work. So that's Alexander. He's thrilled to be working and has been working for years since that time. I'll also tell you about Jamie. Jamie is a gentleman probably in his mid 60s now who had worked all of his adult, he'd worked for about 40 years in um, as a cook. And he had insurance all during that time that he was a cook. And then once he retired, he did not have access to insurance. And he was diagnosed with um, a very severe artery clogging um, issue and um, heart issues as a result of all of that. So he had never needed to, he said he was incredibly healthy. He never needed to access any kind of specialty care. So he heard about um, Anchorage Project Access. We were able to do the screening and he was eligible for our services. We do have eligibility requirements and he was able to access the surgery. And he said it changed his life. He, he, he was convinced that he would have passed away without the donated surgery and now he has, um, we have assisted all of those folks, both Alexander and Jamie with making sure they understand accessing health insurance. We've signed, um, Alexander has insurance um, 
through his work at times. But Jamie, since he's retired, we've been able to, to enroll him in health insurance. And, and he is very living the life that he was meant to live in retirement. So those are just two of hundreds and hundreds of stories that um, from our patients who are extremely grateful and, and they are literally life-saving and life-changing um, procedures and treatment services that are offered through APA. So we have a very generous community and we're very, very grateful for the individuals that partner with us so that we can connect them with the patients that really need it. Those are, those are great stories. Thanks for sharing those. Um, I guess I would have the, the question on the opposite thing, and, and maybe you don't have specific examples because they haven't accessed um, Project Access, but what are sort of the effects for folks who aren't able to access healthcare? Like what is that, what, what, what kind of happens for those folks that you're aware of? Well, some folks are unable to access healthcare because when um, they can access primary care through the federally qualified health centers. And those are throughout Alaska. Our local, um, our local ones are Anchorage Neighborhood Health Center and then um, Providence Family Medicine who, who provides care through both physicians and physicians that are residents there and helping their, they're moving forward in their academic career and their experience um, through Providence. And so there are options for people to access care, but when someone needs specialty care that is above and beyond what we all think of as chronic disease management or health and wellness, then that's where the rubber meets the road and where people are often um, unable to afford health insurance and yet they may be slightly over the threshold for Medicaid. And this is why this issue is so critical right now with the pandemic, because thousands of Alaskans have lost their jobs, their income, and their health insurance. And APA is here to assist, but we do have eligibility requirements. People have to be under, they have to be under or up to 300% of the federal poverty level for Alaska to be able to qualify for our program. And so we, we spend a great deal of our time helping people enroll in Medicaid, ACA, Marketplace Health Insurance, or Medicare, so that we can make sure that they have some form of health insurance to pay for the healthcare that they need. So there are many people, thousands of people in that gap where they make a little too much to qualify for Medicaid, but they don't have quite the resources. When you look at our housing costs in Alaska are very high. We have some of the highest healthcare costs. We have some of the highest cost of living in the nation. Um, our housing is very expensive. A, a person typically has to has to earn an entry level job. They have to work uh, they have to work two to three jobs in an entry level wage to pay for a, a modest apartment in Alaska, in Anchorage as well, and so the issue of housing, cost of living, the food costs in Alaska are expensive. And so these are some of the reasons that folks um, may be slightly above income for qualifying for Anchorage Project Access, but they don't have the resources to access healthcare. And, and individuals do die as a result of that. They do, even with all of the safety net programs that many of us work in, people, some people do die 
because they are unable to access care. And that's something that we are always trying to prevent and our partners are trying to prevent. So people have received on average, an Anchorage Project access patient receives three or more specialists donating to that individual. So an individual may come in for an orthopedic surgery, but they also have significant dental issues. And then we will connect them with one of our 58 donating dentists. And our dental program is unique because we ask everyone to volunteer and do a certain amount of volunteer hours to give back to the community while they are then accessing the donated dental care. So that element of our program is also really an exciting and um, very, very helpful program. If someone was wanting to get in touch with Project Access and, um, and some of the, the services that you guys provide, how would they go about doing that? And then is there a charge for the services that, that you guys provide? Great questions. We do not charge for our services at Anchorage Project Access. All of the services that we provide, meaning the eligibility screening, all the care coordination, the interpreter services, the transportation, medication assistance, we do not charge for that. And we facilitate the donated treatment. However, if a person has to have surgery, and let's say they need to have surgery at, at Providence because they have to have you know day surgery or what type of surgery, we all of our um, financial paperwork aligns with Providence Medical Center and their health services. So we assist them in applying for and obtaining financial assistance through the local hospitals. And, and so sometimes some of the services that are provided, there is a, a charge for that. This is why we, why we assist people to sign up for health insurance. So then they can receive the donated care, but then in the future they can access healthcare more easily. If someone wanted to access us, there are many ways to do that. We have a website, which is anchorageprojectaccess.org. Our phone number is 907-743-6600. And this is how we generally receive referrals. We have people that see our um, public service announcements on television and they call us as their own referral. We receive many, most of our referrals are from Anchorage Neighborhood Health Center or Prov Family Medicine, but also donating providers will see a patient who has no resources or limited resources. And then that donating provider will refer the patient to us. And then we can provide that patient with additional services, which is always very positive. And so we receive um, referrals from all sorts of individuals. And then we will make sure that every single patient we see establishes primary care and we assist them with health insurance if they're able to afford it. So we spend a great deal of time um, providing what we all call the care coordination for patients, where we make sure we have addressed all of the elements of their needs, not just that one specific medical need. That's, yep, yeah, that's great. I've seen, I've seen the TV ads. That's actually maybe the first place I ever heard the, the name of Anchorage Project Access. So we're always interested on our podcast with how the community is addressing certain issues. So um, are there other, obviously you're probably partnering with more than just doctors, like committees and task force and those type of things in the city and the state. So could you speak a little bit to that of like, what is the overall kind of community approach to helping folks access healthcare? Well, that is a great question because um, 
I like to use the term that's commonly used uh, in, in our partnerships, which is the collective impact. The collective impact of Anchorage Project Access is far beyond the financial donation of the 50.7 million. It's really about the people that we're serving, the thousands of people that have received life-changing care. And so some of our endeavors that we work on locally, statewide, and nationally, uh, APA is very involved in the uh, several areas that impact specifically healthcare, but they're so far beyond that as well. We are part of Healthy Alaskans 2030, which is a statewide effort. Um, we have 30 health objectives that um, we are addressing statewide to improve health of all Alaskans from water quality to uh, chronic disease prevention, to access to healthcare, to being able to afford healthcare, to reducing uh, the suicide of, of our friends and neighbors here in Alaska. So Healthy Alaskans 2030 is, is a, we are on the advisory steering team for that organization. We are also part of the Anchorage Health Literacy Collaborative, which is part of the Alaska Literacy Program where we address barriers to healthcare and employment, education, et cetera, and try to reduce those barriers through working collectively, which expands our impact. We are also part of the Donated Care Learning Collaborative, which is a national group of, there's about 20 organizations that are connected to that. And then we are a part of, we receive funding from the state of Alaska, from the Rasmussen Foundation, from the Municipality of Anchorage, the Mental Health Trust Authority. And then we do extensive outreach in the community with our partners. And this is something that's very important to us too. We don't, we take the services to the individual. We don't expect everyone to wade through that TV ad to find out who we are. And so we do outreach to currently to the Sullivan Arena, to homeless individuals living there and, um, even throughout COVID, we provide services for the Partners Reentry Center, the Mental Health Consumer Web. We, um, we aren't able to go to the Downtown Hope Center Soup Kitchen, but we'll reestablish that as soon as um, the COVID numbers are reducing. And so, so those are some of the organizations that we are most clo closely linked with to help improve health for all Alaskans, not just people that come to Anchorage Project Access. So in addition to that, what are some ways that the community um, Anchorage, either as individuals or all of us working collectively together could be, um, what are some of the routes that we should be working on to create better access for healthcare in the city? Well, I think um, access also has to do with, with promoting health and wellness. And one of the elements of our care that we do at Anchorage Project Access is we, we, have a pre and post health and wellness survey for our patients. So we can ask them, what has their health improved um, after their donated services? So we, we, it's important to get data on what is actually happening in healthcare for the individuals we're all trying to support. And so as a community, we need to continue to promote health and wellness. And there are, there are numerous campaigns right now, um, primarily related to children that are um, issued by the state. There's the Play Every Day campaign. There's the um, 
the reduce reducing sugary drinks for children. You've probably seen those ads on TV. That's all connected to Healthy Alaskans 2030. So as a community, um, paying living wages is a challenge for folks when you have to work two and three jobs. It's very hard to take care of your children's health needs, your needs, and um, meet the financial obligations that we have when we have children. So as a community addressing that, addressing access to um, educational opportunities, employment opportunities, affordable housing in our community, food security, all safety, safety and security. In addition to the pandemic, which has exacerbated um, all of these issues, and it gives us an opportunity in the public health field to address what are the gaps and gaps of access to information. It's great if we provide telehealth. We've done most of our services now um, with eligibility screening and enrolling people as patients. We've done it via the phone, web-based platforms now, but many people don't have the internet. And so they don't have access to health information. Our website has a lot of healthcare information on it and we want it to be a resource for people. But if you don't, if you can't afford the internet, then that, that is a barrier to care. So as a community continuing to address some of those primary issues that are barriers to accessing health, poverty is probably one of the, the key elements there. Well, thank you so much for sharing so much information about accessing affordable health care in Anchorage, how people can do that, um, and specifically about what Anchorage Project Access does. I really appreciate you sharing your work and your time with us. We always ask one last question of each of our guests, and that is, what is a spiritual or self-care or mindfulness practice that you use to help keep you centered and grounded in the work that you do? Well, valuable question in light of the pandemic and everything all of us are going through. I think for me, um, my, my faith is, is the strongest element of being able to do decades of work with vulnerable folks and knowing that, um, that the compassion that is generated by giving back helps me be joyful and deeply fulfilled every day as a servant of people. Um, that connection to why we're providing this care is a deep source of satisfaction for me. And it gives me a great deal of energy to be privileged enough to serve individuals who might not have health care or to help a donating physician connect to a patient they can help, that gives me an enormous amount of energy. And so that and being out in nature are, are parts of my health and my health and wellness program for myself. And we have a fantastic team at APA. So to come every day and work with individuals who are committed is very energizing and inspiring. And so those are some of the I've been given so many gifts and so many privileges to be able to serve in Alaska in these ways. And that gives me a great deal of energy. That's just a lovely question. Thank you for asking it. Well, thank you so much for sharing that and for sharing all of this. Um, I've appreciated getting to know a little bit more about what um, APA does 
and that's been helpful for me and I'm sure it'll be helpful for others that hear this as well, just kind of knowing what's available out there through your organization and through other work that's being done in the city. So thank you so much for uh, taking time to do that. Anchored City Podcast is grateful for a grant from Resonate Global Mission that in part makes this podcast possible. We are also grateful for our partnership with Street Psalms. Check them out at streetpsalms.org. And we're grateful for you, our listeners. If you are grateful for what you are hearing, please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and recommend us to your friends. Resources used to make this episode can be found in the show details. The Anchorage City Podcast is hosted by Joel Kickenfeld and is a production of the Anchorage Urban Training Collaborative. The mission of the collaborative is to train the head, heart, and hands of urban leaders to love their city and seek its peace. When we say peace, we mean the desire to see a world where all things are the way they are supposed to be for all people. Find us online at anchorageutc.org and on social media at Anchorage UTC. Our theme song is by Anchorage's own, Monica Lettner.